So when you've got a conflict with someone, it's 80% you and 20% them. You've tuned to Awareness Addicts with Dr. Gayla Gorman. Here, you'll find sage advice for taking inspired action. Awareness is the key. With this key, it's easier to navigate in the human world with all of its detours. It requires that we get to know ourselves intimately. If you choose to join us, this just might make you an awareness addict. Alive, alert, awake, and aware of life's possibilities. This is episode 19. In this episode, I'm going to share some observations with you that will help you do a better job juggling competing priorities. As a recovering multitasker, I know the feeling of overwhelm all too well. And when I know I would benefit from making a change, it feels even more overwhelming. How am I going to fit it in? We have to choose our battles. Where will we reap the most benefit from applying our resources? We need to identify the actions to take that will produce the big results. I'm Dr. Gayla Gorman, and I'm an awareness addict. Let's reprioritize our life so that we're living life rather than life living us. It helps to know we're not alone. There's much we can learn from each other. No need to recreate the wheel. As awareness addicts, we keep an open mind and trust that the information we're looking for is seeking us. This article will provide some insight to help apply what we're learning in this episode. I found this article on fastcompany.com and I am entrepreneur to the bone, so there's a lot of bleed over into my personal life where business is concerned. So you will find that I pull a lot of information from the business world and apply it to what we're learning here. So this article from Fast Company talks about the 80-20 rule. It says beyond the 80-20 rule and talking about time management, David Finkel wrote it. And what he says is it's just that it's too often mistaken for a time management strategy. So uh, talking specifically about the 80-20 principle, and we're going to go into that in depth in this episode today. So it says that people find that 20% sweet spot and just do more of whatever it is, thinking that they've really applied this principle. And he says, wrong. In order to nail down a more rigorous and effective approach, you need to apply the 80-20 rule to, well, the 80-20 rule itself. And that takes a little back-of-the-envelope math. I love that. That's uh, definitely not lost on me. Uh, As a CPA, I'm uh, constantly jotting down numbers. So he says, here's how it works. Um, And he, I just took the A and B time here. He actually talks about, in essence, rating, grading the time that you're spending. So A, B, C, and D. But let's, um, for this purpose, I'm going to look at B time and A time. So he says B time is the highly focused 4% that generates 64% of your results. He says, I call this time the 4% sweet spot, and it has a relative value of 64. He does this whole calculation in this article. One hour of B time produces 64 times the value of the same time spent on D activities. 
A time is that magic 1% that generates 50% of your results for a relative value of 200 times that of D time. So I emphasize the A and B time here because it's a big mindset shift when we accept that 5% of our efforts produce the majority of our results. So add up the A and B time and that's 5%, 1% and 4%. This concept can be applied to any situation. There may be some activities in the 95%, in other words, the other uh, 95% beyond the 5%, that actually set the 5% up for the big win, but that's where our creativity really comes in handy. How can we get the 95% taken care of as efficiently as possible? Stick with me as we explore this idea further in this episode. Let's take a moment to develop awareness. This is something you can practice anywhere, anytime. Begin by noticing where your breath is landing in your body. Are you feeling your breath in your chest? Is it expanding your rib cage or even your belly? Just become aware of your breathing. Now we're going to breathe intentionally. We'll start by breathing deeply into our belly. Breathe deeply, expanding your belly. Notice how it feels for your belly to expand. Then pull your abdomen in so that all of the stale air gets pushed out on the exhale. Let's do that again. Breathe in deeply, all the way into your belly. Expand your belly. And again, breathe out and flatten your tummy. Squeeze all that air out. Next, We'll move the breath up to our rib cage. Intentionally expand your rib cage with the breath. It may feel like your ribs are stretching out on both sides, or you may feel it expanding your back. Just notice how that feels. You're stretching your lungs to the side and creating flexibility in your ribs. Take another breath into your rib cage. Now, let's go back to how you were probably breathing when we started this practice. Breathe into your upper chest. You can feel your breastbone raise and lower with the breath. Notice how it feels to take a shallow breath now that we've expanded the breath into our belly and ribcage. We've sent a clear message to our brain and nervous system that we can take control Let's use this feeling of empowerment to practice aware appreciation. What's one big thing that you appreciate right now? And keep this in mind as you notice more things to appreciate as you move through your day. As I've challenged you to make some changes in your life, you may have found yourself asking, how am I going to fit that in? You're already juggling too many balls. Something will have to go, but what? We have to choose our battles. Where will we reap the most benefit from applying our resources? There is a key that we can use to help us sort this out. We're going to apply the Pareto principle as we consider the changes we want to make. We need to identify the actions to take so that we can reprioritize our life for big results. I want to start by helping you understand this 80-20 principle. I'm, as I mentioned earlier, a recovering 
multitasker. My husband is a mental health counselor. He says that multitasking is not possible, that really all we're doing is folk, you know, handling one task at a time, but we're distracted because we're thinking about other tasks. Uh, the coach I work with and I definitely take issue with my husband's version of this because we say our lives don't work unless we're multitasking. So, um, so you could decide which camp you're in. But in essence, there is some truth to this. We really can only do one thing at a time well <laughs> and focused. And so if we're doing things that require a really low level of attention and or focus, it is possible to split our attention or split our energy. Just think, for example, when you're driving your car and you realize that you can't remember how you got out of your garage and to the store. You were maybe talking on the phone or you were listening to something on the radio and that captured your attention. You know you managed to get to the store safely, but you definitely were multitasking, right? You were driving a car and doing something else. So multitasking definitely happens. As we progress this concept now of multitasking and we know that in our given, let's call it 17 hours a day outside of when we're sleeping, that we're probably feeling stretched pretty thin. That's typical for anybody living in the world today. As we begin to contemplate when I'm challenging us to think about here today, Okay, so if I am stretched really thin, I know I want to have some new things happen in my life. I know I'm going to have to make space for that. How's that going to happen? That's where this Pareto principle comes in. So Pareto is a scientist that started noticing these patterns. And in essence, the 80-20 rule is the law of the vital few or the principle of factor sparsity. And it states that for many events, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. So Pareto developed both concepts in the context of the distribution of income and wealth among the population. So he was studying this principle kind of to apply it to a completely different subject matter. But we find this a lot that these principles are applicable in many areas of our lives. So let's just think about this 20% number and see if we can find places in our life where this 20% has proven to be true. So I'll share health with you, diet in particular, a diet and exercise. So let's just say we want to release 10 pounds and we could exercise really for four to six hours in a day. And if we weren't doing the right exercise and we weren't eating properly, 
no amount of exercise within reason is going to offset a bad diet. So where losing weight is concerned, 80% of the results come from 20% of the adjustment. So the adjustment is the diet actually changing what we're consuming and that's producing 80% of the results. And then that additional 20%, we want to look lean and toned. That additional 20% is going to take a lot of effort. So, so you can see how this shows up as almost a prism that, that it's, you have to look at it from a lot of different angles to really see how this is being applied and where we can find what, what the guy that wrote the article mentioned, this sweet spot of where's our sweet spot of effort and action, if you will, taking action that's going to produce the really big results. Take having more money available. We could apply ourselves and increase income. That will feel much easier and more expansive. Or we could really grind it out and reduce expenses and make major changes to our lifestyle. Probably easier to put some energy into how could we increase our income rather than putting all that energy into how can I squeeze an extra couple hundred dollars out by reducing expenses. So it's another example I'm trying to demonstrate here that when you start applying this 80-20 principle, you're looking for the places where you can generate big results in your life. Relationship. This is another really great one. So when you've got a conflict with someone, it's 80% you and 20% them. We know this because that person that you're in conflict with doesn't have a conflict with everyone. Some people don't have a conflict with them. So there's something about me and my preferences that are creating this conflict with this person. So it's a bit of a conundrum. We can't just ignore the 80%. In fact, as you can see how I demonstrated this, the 80% has to be addressed. How do we come up with the 20% activity that's going to address the 80%. That's the real key. As we begin to refine this, if we're looking, for example, at an area of our lives that we really want to improve, identifying the 80% of the problem is what then is going to allow us to identify what we can do that will address that 80%. For example, let's just say that we 
know we want to, again, let's revisit our releasing 10 pounds. We know that it's going to take 80% in order to get 80% of the results. In other words, eight of the 10 pounds are going to come off from diet adjustments. So rather than making a big focus on how am I going to get to the gym? How am I going to make sure that I'm exercising enough? Exercise is a component. If we want to get that last 20%, squeeze out that last 20%, but most of our results are going to res- are going to come from adjusting our diet. So that's where the focus needs to be. And then As we saw in the article, he talks about that 5% sweet spot. So what are the really big offenders, if you will, in your diet that you can cut out that will make the biggest difference? That's how we need to apply this principle, this 80-20 principle, or even refining it more to the 95-5 principle so that we continue to see improvement with as little action and effort as possible so that we free up our resources, time, money, that kind of thing, to be able to apply it to where we say we really want our life to go. What's your takeaway for today? One little aha and your time will be well spent. In episode 16, I talked about divine decongestion. Something may have to go to make room in your life for a new and improved experience. But what if that's not the case? Or you don't want to be forced to make a trade? That's where this 80-20 principle really shines. It is possible that the efficiency and increase in productivity creates the space you need. When we've set priorities and we hold to them, it's almost magical to witness how much gets checked off the list. You may need to hold yourself accountable in order to find the spots that are causing you trouble. One of the ways I do that is by keeping a record of where I spend my time. There are free programs online to help you do this. It's an eye-opener. I'm wondering whether my boyfriend really cares about me. Even when I am crying, he is emotionless. And when I mirror his behavior back to him, he tells me that I'm not being nice. I'm just showing him what he does to me. We end up being nasty and getting angry. How can I get him to show he cares? First, thanks for submitting your question. If your boyfriend says you're not being nice when you're mirroring his behavior, I have to imagine that you're not mirroring the way we suggest in our conscious dialogue process. This is causing you both to get triggered emotionally, and it's not helping. You must learn to communicate effectively if you want him to respond in a way that makes you feel loved and cared for. Start by accessing the conscious dialogue process in the show resources. It's free to download. If you're too emotional to have a conscious dialogue with your boyfriend, you will need to delay it until you have done some processing on your own. Once you feel like you can communicate without shaming him, ask if he can set aside some time to talk to you uninterrupted. When I need to talk to my husband, the words we've learned to use are, I need to talk to you about an upset. Can you hold the space? You can use any similar language that works for you. 
then it's important to focus on your own feelings without blaming or shaming him. This process is simple, but it's not easy. It's easy to blame someone else for how we're feeling. Unfortunately, that rarely produces the results we're looking for. Are you ready to create an attitude adjustment? Practicing aware appreciation will make a positive difference. You can access the aware appreciation worksheet by visiting awarenessaddicts.com slash AA. In just a few minutes a day, you'll stop negativity in its tracks and gain some insight and awareness in the process. Your feedback makes a difference. What part of this episode helped you the most? Join the Awareness Addicts Facebook group and share your thoughts. Make sure you leave a review wherever you've accessed the show. And if you know others who could use some divine inspiration, share with them. Remember, all the links and resources are available at awarenessaddicts.com episodes. Don't waste another moment feeling confused and stuck. As an awareness addict, you're alive, alert, awake, and aware of life's possibilities. most humans, I'm rarely satisfied with my weight or fitness. Since I have an interest in holistic health, I'm always on the lookout for the latest and greatest approach to diet and exercise. Trying something new might give me a jolt of newness drug, but it rarely has lasting benefits. Why is that? Why do we make a positive change only to have the positive results be short-lived? In the next episode, I'm going to help you understand why this happens and how to produce long-term results. Don't want to miss it. This was Awareness Addicts with Dr. Gayla Gorman. For more information and to find any resources mentioned in this episode, visit awarenessaddicts.com slash episodes. Thank you for tuning in.